Thanks for listening to the podcast of Hope Church in East Hampton, Connecticut. Our mission is to love God, love people, and serve the world. To find out more about Hope Church, be sure to check out our website at cthope.com. All right, guys, if you could just hold on one second. got to make a quick phone call to God here, so... Um, I'm going to put it on speakerphone for you guys. Hello. You have reached the kingdom of God. Your call is very important to us. Please listen carefully as our menu options have recently changed. If you have an inside connection with God and already know his extension, you may dial it at any time. For emergency requests, please press 1. For help with daily bread, press 2. For thanksgiving and praise, Press 3. For repentance and confession, press 4. For complaints and laments, press 5. For all other calls, including general requests for wisdom or life direction, please press 6. All right, well, I'm sure Pastor Tom has, like, the direct line to God, but I don't. So I'm going to press 6 here. Please hold. Someone will be with you shortly. Your approximate wait time is 32 minutes. Oh my gosh. Is... Who else is trying to call God right now, guys? Can you hang up? I'm trying to get through. Thirty-two minutes is a long time to wait. I don't know if I'm gonna have to maybe hang up. Well Oh, oh. We're sorry. Oh. God is currently busy answering other calls. But to help us better serve you. Please say or enter the general reason for your prayer. Uh, I, I need help with parenting. I'm sorry. I couldn't quite get that. Please say or enter the general reason for your prayer. Uh, I, I need help. Someone to help me, please. I'm sorry. Please try again. Uh, help me. I need to talk to someone. Just, just talk to a person. Talk okay. to God. Let's see if we can get someone to help you with that. Don't you want to go down? Come on. All right, I'm done. We're just going to hang that phone call up. How many of you have ever felt that frustrated with prayer? Maybe you feel like you're trying to call God, you're trying to talk to God, um, and you just feel like either you're not getting through or you, you worry that maybe there's this long wait list, um, and you start to feel really frustrated. And I feel like in this series we're doing right now on prayer, Part of what we want to point out is that if we're honest, prayer is supposed to be one of the most vital parts of our relationship with God, and yet I believe every person in this room, including myself, has had questions about prayer, is confused sometimes about how prayer works or how we're supposed to pray, maybe has a fear to even try because you're not sure how to do it. And so I want you to know, first of all, that you are not alone if you're feeling that way. I think we've all had those moments And second of all, I would encourage us to kind of flip that a little bit, that if you feel uncertain about prayer, I think God wants us to always, throughout our lives, to stay curious about prayer, about how he wants to talk to us, because I don't think there's ever a point in our lives where we become a prayer expert. I believe that as we walk with God, he wants to continue to teach us about himself and continue to speak to us in new ways. And so if you're feeling overwhelmed, I would just challenge you to look at that as, as hold your hands open and view it as curiosity. God, what do you want to teach me about prayer, about yourself? 
But the first thing that we need to believe in this series on prayer, if we're going to be talking about how we talk to God and maybe how we listen to God, which is what we want to talk about today, we need to first believe that God truly wants a two-way relationship with us. God wants a two-way relationship with us. It's not ever meant to be just one way. Now, in my fake phone call, I mentioned that we might have this idea that some of us have a direct line with God. Now, without raising your hands, how many of you have thought to yourself maybe, oh man, I'm sure like a pastor or a priest could, could pray, but I'm not sure that I could. Or maybe, maybe you've thought, man, I've made too many mistakes for God to hear my prayers. Or maybe you've heard someone else pray and they were so eloquent, so beautiful, and you thought, if I could only pray like that, I'm sure God would hear me and answer me. But when I, when I try to pray, just weird stuff comes out. I don't, I don't know how to pray. Maybe you felt that way, and I know I have. We start to think, would God really want a relationship with just anyone? Could he really speak to just anyone? And I believe the answer is a resounding yes. In fact, if we look at God, God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. And so if we back up to the very beginning of Scripture, we're going to see throughout the story that God's been writing that he is a God who wants to be with his people and speak to his people. So even when we look at the story of Adam and Eve, do you know in Genesis 1, the first person that speaks is not people trying to call out to God, like, where are you, where are you? It's God speaking. God speaks, first of all, he speaks into existence. He speaks people and creation into existence. And so for that very reason, I believe that we are inextricably linked to God's word just because he's spoken to being, right? But then the, the Adam and Eve that he created, this people, his, his, the first conversation was him speaking to them and giving them wisdom and direction for how to live in his garden. And even when Adam and Eve sinned against God and disobeyed, they did what we would all probably do. We, we tend to hide. Like, I know I've felt often in my life, like, oh my goodness, I can't pray to God if I don't clean myself up a little bit first, right? Like, once I fix myself, then I can go to God. And maybe that's how you have felt, and that's how Adam and Eve felt, what they hid in the garden after they disobeyed. And what happens? God pursued them. God came and found them, and God spoke to them. And yes, there were consequences for their disobedience and there was this separation between us and God because God is a, is a holy God and that disobedience created this barrier between us and him. I almost, I don't want to oversimplify, but in a very small way, it's almost like if you've ever been in a relationship with someone and you've had a strain, you've had a um, uh, falling out, and you know what it's like when you're in the room with that person and you're like, there's something weird here. I can't talk to that person. I don't know what to say. And, and it affects everything about your relationship, right? It affects your communication. It affects everything. And so there was this place of, of brokenness that became a barrier between us and God. And yet, it was not God's intent. It was not God's heart that we would be separated from him. God continued to want to speak to us. And so you see that God made this people. He formed the Israelites for himself. And he walked with them in, um, in the wilderness and he actually told his people to make a tabernacle for himself. Exodus 26 talks about this, how they were to make that tabernacle as a place of worship. And the interesting thing was when that tabernacle was finished, Exodus 40 tells us that it, the glory of the Lord, the presence of the Lord actually settled on that tabernacle. Okay, so even in our brokenness, even in our disobedience, God made a way to be with his people. And in fact, that tabernacle, God would, God's presence settled there. And so when the cloud of the Lord was over the tabernacle, the people stayed. And when it lifted, they knew it was time to move. And so God was with his people. 
But the tabernacle is also interesting because it was a place, within the tabernacle there was a holy place and there was something called a most holy place. And the most holy place was separated by the holy place by this thick curtain, we're told. And we find in Leviticus that um, God says, you're not supposed to just, not just anyone could go into the most holy place. It had to be a priest and it had to be under very specific conditions. There was like um, certain clothes they had to wear, certain sacrifices that had to be made. Um, and, then, and then Aaron or the priests following him could go in to the Lord's presence. And this curtain then was the sim- symbolism of a separation between us and God because of our sins. But like I said, that was not God's heart. And as you all know, many of us know that verse, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And so in Jesus Christ, if we fast forward, this tabernacle was this picture of, of, of what was to come. And I love this. In Colossians 1, 21 through 22, we find out that when Jesus died for us, he not only forgave us of our sins, not only cleansed us and made us a part of his family and gave us um, the ability to, to live eternally with him, but Colossians says, once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Free from accusation. And so this is this beautiful picture that God says we were, we were alienated, right? That we, we just talked about that, that sense we have with someone where we, we don't know how to act with them. We feel this tension. We feel this barrier. And I, I have not studied this verse in depth, but I think it's very interesting. I was struck by the fact that um, almost like we were doubly separated because we had this separation from God because he was holy and we were not, but also the separation in our minds, It says we were enemies in our minds because of our behavior. And I think that maybe touches a little bit on that hiding, right? We were ashamed. We felt like we couldn't possibly come to God, that God couldn't possibly want to be with us. And in Christ, we are free from that. We are free from accusation. We are free from anything in our mind or anything um, that would separate us from God because God now views you as holy and blameless in his sight. Matthew 27, 51 tells us that when Christ died, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. And again, I know this may be, I'm getting a little heady here, but that curtain refers to what was originally the curtain in the tabernacle between the holy place and the most holy place. And God says, in Christ, that curtain is torn completely in two. And what this means in simple, simple terms is that we all have free access to God. There is no complicated system. There is no ritual that you have to perform to enter into God's presence. Hebrews 10, 19 through 22 tells us this. Brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way opened for us through the curtain that is his body. Recognize Paul Paul is saying here that um, Jesus has become the new curtain, the new way for us to enter into Christ's presence. Let us draw near to God with a sincere heart, with full assurance that faith brings. We have full assurance that we can enter in to God's presence. And I want you to see that this was God's plan all along. Not that we be separated, not that we feel this distance, but that we be able to draw near to him because he loves each one of us. Each person here has a direct line to God. You have his extension. You don't need um, a special person or a mediator to go before you. You can call on God anytime. Ephesians 3.12 puts it really simply and beautifully. 
in him, in Christ, and through faith in him, we have freedom and confidence. We can approach God with freedom and confidence. And so I want you just to consider right now that you, when you choose to follow God, you're a child of God and you have 24-7 access to the Father. Now, we may not always hear God right away. We may not always feel like he's close. I've definitely had seasons of my life where I just, I'm like, God, I don't feel you. But that doesn't mean that he's not there, that he's not available. And you don't have to speak the right words. You don't have to worry that somehow, like, you're, you're, whatever you say, they're going to say, I'm sorry, I didn't quite get that, right? You don't have to speak in King James Version English. God hears your prayer. So if God wants us to come near to him, if he wants us to pray to him and talk to him, then what else, what is prayer for? What kinds of things ought we to pray to God about? Well, last week, Tom talked a little bit. He walked us through the Our Father, right? And he talked about how we pray for daily bread, for the things that we need. We pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. We pray for protection against the enemy. But I want you to see that, that the very beginning of that prayer that Tom pointed out, he said, Our Father, our Father, the, the prayer begins with this idea that we are in relationship with God. And I believe that at the core of prayer, one of the things God wants to do through prayer is for us to know God. For us to know God. In fact, I said that, that when God died, he gave us eternal life. But John 17, 3 tells us what eternal life really is. This is eternal life that they know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. I truly believe that God, knowing God is, is, is what eternal life is. The ability to, to be in his presence, to know who he is, to engage with him, to be in his presence. And I want you to know, first of all, that, that God already fully knows you. And I think that is a beautiful and a scary thought. He knows everything about us. The psalmist says in Psalm 139, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise you perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. And God, God knows every detail about you because he loves you. Right? Not because he's trying to like look out for ways to smite you. He loves you. And verse 17 hints at the fact that we can know the thoughts of God as well. The psalmist says in verse 17, How precious to me are your thoughts, God. How vast the sum of them. Now, how are we supposed to know the thoughts of God without him communicating to us? And so I want us to know this too. First of all, God, God wants a two-way relationship with us. And second, just as God hears us and made a way for us to approach him, we can hear from God. Now, you might find this hard to believe, but the longer I know God, the, the, actually, the harder it is for me to believe the opposite is true. Um, I'm going to share a quick story with you. My, my husband... My poor husband. I, I, I often talk about how quiet he is and introverted he is. Um, but yeah, he, he's a man of few words. And I will say, I think I have a lot to learn from him because he actually, like, he actually sits and thinks about what he's going to say before he says it. Whereas I'm like, I'm just going to like vomit out what I'm thinking and kind of see where it lands. But Jeff has a lot of wisdom. And I think, I think uh, people lean in to hear what he says. And I think rightly so. But when we first were engaged to get married, he was so quiet that I had one friend who literally said to me, um, Carrie, does, does he talk to you? <laughs> and you know how we all have kind of that sarcastic voice in our head that we kind of hope stays in our head and doesn't come out? Um, and I think my sarcastic voice was probably thinking something like, 
no, no, like, I'm just committing to spend the rest of my life with this man. Uh, we've barely spoken more than three words, but yes, I'm, I'm fine with that. I do the talking, he listens, he knows everything about me. I know, I, I guess I maybe know his name, but that's, that's about as far as we got. Um, right, I think that should sound ridiculous to us, right? And yet, isn't that a little bit how we often view God? That we think God is like, here, I want you to come to me. I want you to give me your life. I want you to commit the rest of your life to following me, to be my bride. And I'm going to know everything about you, but I'm not really going to, I'm just going to kind of keep you in a hazy darkness about who I am. And I don't think that's how God intended it at all. God designed us just like a husband and wife would surely get to know each other. And maybe, maybe if you, you get married, and, and honestly, hopefully you continue to get to know your spouse more and more over time. You never stop. And in the same way, God says, hey, you know something about me right now, and I want, as you walk with me, I'm going to continue to reveal and to tell you more about myself, more about my heart for you, what I think about you. I want to share my thoughts with you. And this starts, honestly, with our expectation, right? Because if we've gone our whole lives thinking God doesn't speak to us, and then suddenly you're like, oh, maybe he does speak. Well, maybe, honestly, if you, if you stop and think about it, you might realize that God actually has been speaking to you. He, he is speaking to you already, and maybe you're just not aware. Maybe you just weren't, um, it wasn't on your radar, because the God of the universe, if he made us, if he designed us, if he, if he hid his glory in creation, I believe it's like he's like the father who puts little notes in his lunchbox for his kids. He's going to put little pieces, like almost like a fun treasure hunt. You know those little um, people color the, paint those kindness rocks? You find little rocks everywhere? I feel like that's how God is with us. He's got all these little things and he's, he's wanting us to find them because he loves us. He wants to speak to us. And when we begin to expect him, I believe sometimes it starts with a simple prayer. We ask God to help us expect him, to help us see him and hear him. Ephesians 1, 17 through 18 says this, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better, that he would open or enlighten the eyes of our hearts. And that is my prayer for all of us here, if nothing else you take away, that, that, we would, that I would pray over you that God would give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation to know him better, to believe that he wants to speak to you. And as we begin to, as we begin to expect him, I believe we're going to start recognizing his voice um, in little ways. And I'll talk a little more later about some tangible ways that maybe we hear from God, if that idea still sounds a little crazy and confusing to you. Um, John 10 2 through 5 and 14 through 15. I'm not going to read the whole passage, but it talks about how we're God's sheep. And the sheep follow the shepherd. They follow the gatekeeper who opens the gate. The sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name. We sang that song just a minute ago about how God has spoken our name. He's called us by name. Honestly, if I look at a sea of sheep, they all look the same to me. God sees the sheep and he can tell them apart and he sees you and he calls you by name. He loves you. And the sheep will follow the shepherd because they know his voice. In fact, they won't follow a stranger. They will run away because they don't recognize a stranger's voice. God is the good shepherd who lays down his life for the sheep. And I want you to know, um, as you begin to walk with God, as you begin this journey with him, um, take note of the, of the things you begin to see about God. Okay, that, that moment where he provided for you, that moment where he showed up in your life, where you see his faithfulness. Because as you spend time with God, you're going to recognize who he is, his goodness, his faithfulness, 
his character. And then as you spend time with him, you're going to start to recognize, hey, when I hear a voice that's accusing, when I hear a voice of fear, when I hear a voice um, of shame or um, that's, that's leading me towards something that's against God's heart, you're going to start to recognize that that's the imposter, that that is the enemy, that that is the, one who's, who, the, the enemy who wants to steal and kill and destroy. And God's going to begin to show you that that is not his voice. And you're going to hear his voice. God is never going to be, um, I don't believe God ever leads us towards shame. Okay, God, even when, even when God challenges us, I really believe that he does it in a way that is loving, as one who disciplines out of love. And scripture encourages us as we, as we begin to believe, okay, God, maybe you're speaking to me. We can, we can call and we can even ask God for more of his heart. Jeremiah 33, 2 through 3, he's talking to the prophet Jeremiah here, but he says this, this is what the Lord says, he who made the earth, the Lord who formed it and established it. The Lord is his name. He says, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. And I know this was written to the prophet Jeremiah, but I believe that for all of us, God says, listen, I, I hold all the knowledge of the universe and I'm, I'm a good father and I want to tell you things. I want to lead you into my plans for you. I want to tell you about my heart. So come and, come and ask me. Come and ask me and I will speak. And so I want to spend the rest of this message kind of talking about the idea that we can learn to hear and recognize God's voice. We, you and I, can learn to hear and recognize God's voice. And it's not exactly like riding a bike, but it does get a little easier with practice. And maybe that sounds a little weird that we practice praying and listening to God, um, but I think, I, think it, I think it does take time sometimes to get past like, our own mental um, fear of, of stepping out and trying something new. And if that's you, that's totally okay. In fact, I want to share um, a story from the Bible with you briefly about someone who did not know how to hear God's voice and, and had to practice, had to learn. So we're going to go briefly here to 1 Samuel 3, 4 through 10. Um, and just so you know, this story begins actually with a prayer. Because this story is about a boy named Samuel and his mother, Hannah, could not have children. And she prayed fervently for God to answer. And, and last week, Tom talked about sometimes when we're desperate, sometimes when we're desperate, that's the time where we're like, okay, God, I need you. I'm going to call out to you. And we maybe finally in our desperation, we expect to hear from God. And that was where Hannah was. She was so desperate and she was just crying out to God. And she said, God, if you give me a son, I will give him back to you. I will give him back to you to serve you and, and live in the temple and, and um, be, be your child and so God answered that prayer for Hannah, and he, and he gave her a child. And Hannah, and Hannah has a huge story of faithfulness because she, she honored her word to God, and she gave that son that God gave her back, back to the Lord. And so he grew up in the temple, and he grew up um, under, uh, serving under the priest Eli, who was kind of this mentor to him. And so that's where we start this story, actually. Um, the, he's still a boy. And so verse four, 4 says, The Lord called Samuel the boy. And Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli. Remember, Eli was the priest. And he said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. And I sort of picture Eli as like the grumpy parent that gets woken up in the middle of the night. And your kid comes in and is like, I think I saw a monster. And, you know, Eli's like, no, you didn't say anything. You didn't go back. You're like, you're dreaming this. Go lay down. So verse 6 says, again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down for the love of God, right? Just lay down. 
Verse 7, verse seven this is very interesting. Verse 7 says, Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. He did not yet know the Lord. The word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. And so Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Can we say that together? Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. That's the posture I think God wants us to have too, by the way. But Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there calling as at the other times, Samuel, Samuel. And then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. Now, first of all, I want to point this out. Did God stop calling Samuel because Samuel didn't understand that it was God? No. Again, we, we often think that we have to pursue God, and if we do it wrong, he's just going to stop calling us. He's not going to speak. No, God's going to continue to speak, and he's going to continue to speak. And I almost think it's like with our kids, like um, if I tell my kid to go uh, put their laundry away, the first time I might say, okay, uh, go put your laundry away. And if they don't hear me, then the next time I'm like, okay, I'm going like, to write it on the sticky note. I'm going to put it on the fridge where I know they're going to see it. Go put your laundry away, right? And then finally, if they don't hear me still, I will just like dump the clothes on their floor and be like, put the laundry away, right? Maybe that's, maybe that's not what you do with your kids. It's fine. Um, but God, the God of the universe is going to find different ways to keep speaking to us until we hear, right? He's going to find that thing that, that finally connects with us. We're like, oh, oh my goodness, God is speaking. He, he does want to talk to me. And so that's the first thing I would say here. Sometimes this practice is okay. It's okay to not get it the first time. It's okay to not realize the first time. The second thing I think is really interesting here is that God in this story, like probably for a lot of us, God uses um, Eli, someone who has heard the voice of God, and is able to help Samuel identify God's voice. And so I would encourage you, if you're someone who's like, I want to try to hear God's voice and I just don't know how that looks, maybe start by asking people around you, like, what does that look like? How have you heard God's voice? How, how could I practice that in my, in my everyday life? And we don't do this to compare ourselves um, because, listen, God is going to speak truly uniquely to each of us. And so you don't have to hear from God like, like Sherry does or like Carrie does or like Tom does. God's going to speak to you in, in your own way, okay? And there's nothing wrong with that. But we, sometimes we can learn how God speaks to other people and it can give us faith and it can give us confidence to believe that God wants to speak to us. And so Eli helps Samuel to identify that God is speaking. My friend Roger and Sherry have said, I, I, they mentioned different ways that people either in their lives or friends of theirs have heard from God. And a few of these ways are uh, like through license plates. There's a friend of theirs who, who has seen like vanity plates that'll say a, a word and they're like, oh my gosh, God is speaking to me through that. Like just that phrase and they can tell it's God saying something to them. It could be through a mental picture. God might just put an image on your mind um, when you're praying with him. He could speak to us through scripture. He could speak to us through friends. Um, even if you go like, uh, like Monday prayer nights are, are, are a fantastic place to go. And if you haven't, you might think, oh, I can't go to Monday prayer night because I'm, I'm not a good prayer. But uh, honestly, for me, it has been a beautiful place for me to learn how to grow in my prayer, how to grow in listening to God. 
And again, you, you, might, you might try, you might not be sure if you're getting it right. You might say, oh, I think I'm doing it wrong. I still sometimes wonder if I'm, if I'm praying wrong. But the point is, our faith honors God. And when we keep saying to God, I'm here and I believe that you speak, I want to hear you, please help me. And on that note, I would say that another thing this story helps us, um, again, to know is that sometimes it takes time. We have to practice. That's okay. So I'm going to, as we close up here, I want to share a little bit of my journey of learning to hear God's voice. Um, Because for me, I think it's been a slow, slow process. And then I want to kind of wrap up at the very end with um, maybe some tangible ways that you could try, if this is new for you, to hear from God's voice. And even like we'll we'll end the message with um, what I'm going to call a holy experiment where we just give God the opportunity to speak to us today. Um, but first of all, for me, my story would probably be similar to Samuel's in that the first, my first encounter with God's voice was not God speaking to me, but God speaking to my parents. So I remember um, my dad planted a church up in New England a long time ago, and there was a time where my dad got sick. And while he was sick and, you know, just had all this time on his hands laying in bed, he felt like God was speaking to him. Which is a side note. I think sometimes we um, tune out God's voice partly because we are such we are so addicted to busyness and we're so addicted to just go, 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 move, move, move that we rarely actually maybe sit and create space to just sit and be with God. Um, and so I would encourage you, um, sometimes we just have to, to learn to like sit and, and give God the space in the room so that we can hear him without all the clutter of everything around us. But for my dad, he felt strongly that God was speaking to him in that moment, and he felt that God was calling us to move from Massachusetts down to Alabama. And so that's what he did, and we moved our whole family down there. And so from my early childhood days, I, I kind of had this sense, like, I think God does speak, because I've, I've seen him speak to my parents, but I hadn't really felt him speak to me. Uh, in 2001, I remember writing in my journal, um, I had this moment where I, this verse kept coming up for me over and over again. It was like a verse about he who's faithful with little, God's going to give much. And I remember thinking, man, it's weird. What a coincidence. I keep seeing this verse. And my mom said to me wisely, she said, hey, Carrie, when you see things in multiples, pay attention. Because sometimes God is using that to get your attention. He wants to say something to you, just like the parent who's going to like dump it out the laundry on the floor, right? You didn't get it the first time, but he's going to keep speaking. And so I've started to notice in my life now, maybe God wants me to pay attention. If I'm seeing something over and over, maybe it's something that God wants to say to me. And so I've tried to become someone now who, if I see things over and over, I say, okay, God, is there something you're trying to show me? Is there something about yourself? Is there something you want me to to know or something to do? And then just sit. And and sometimes God is just using that, I think, as a reminder for us to to know that he sees us and that that he loves us or that he sees us, that he's with us. And we began, it helped me to start expecting to hear God's voice. When I was 18, I took a missions trip to Belize. I'm fast forwarding here. Um, and I had this moment, maybe this has happened for you too. Um, whether it's, whether it's a, ver- a, a, a verse you hear over and over, or maybe there's a song, a, a worship song, and that part of that worship song gets stuck in your head, lo- looping through your head. Well, for me, I was, um, I was on this missions trip, and I was not in the church. I was actually in the bathroom at the hotel, of all places. Um, God shows up in funny places. And I had this verse from a song that I used to sing over, I mean, I sung the song a million times, it never hit me, but that song says, I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon the cross. And God would just, for whatever reason, that verse like jumped out at me, or that part jumped out at me, and God was like, Carrie, you're, you're like never actually going to be able 
to experience the cost precisely because I've taken it for you. And I was just like overcome and it sounds so simple, but I was just like crying in the bathroom and like recognizing that God is using this moment to speak to me. Sometimes God's going to speak to us in those ways to reveal his character, his sacrifice, his heart. And it's a beautiful thing. Fast forward. Um, I've mentioned this before, but there was a time in my life when I wasn't teaching here at Hope Church and, um, and I felt like this phrase kept coming to me that, that I needed to be prepared in season and out of season. And when I looked up that verse, it had to do with preaching. And even though I wasn't preaching, I think God um, started to use that verse to like, help me to step out into something he was calling me to do. Now here's the thing, God's not always, God, I believe, has made you all with a plan and a purpose. You are his handiwork and he's designed you with good works in advance. And God's not always going to give you like, hey, I want you to drive to Smith Street and I want you to do this thing today. But often when he wants to lead us towards a plan he has for us, he's going to prepare our hearts. He's going to begin to to pull us out into that. And so sometimes God's going to speak to you to begin to pull you into a plan and a purpose that he has for you. Maybe you've experienced that. Um, all right, I'm going to skip ahead to a few more, a few years ago. Um, and how many of you have had moments where you pray to God and you're like, this is a crazy, terrible season of my life and I don't know why God won't answer and I can't see what he's doing and it just is painful. And so I was there a few years ago and we were in this fostering journey and um, we were actually here at the church and once again, I think I left, I was, it was a conference we were having here and I went out and I went to the bathroom to have space with God. Maybe that's just where God speaks to me, I don't know. Um, but I was struggling with this foster journey we were on and I was like, God, honestly, I just need you to tell me how this ends. Like, what's happening here? Because I don't think I can do this. I just need to know what you want and what you're doing. And I feel like God gave me an answer, but it was not the answer that I wanted. And I feel like God said to me, Carrie, this is going to cost you, but you are going to believe it's worth it. Nobody wants to hear it's going to cost you, right? I'm like, God, thanks a lot. That's terrible. It's a horrible thing to tell me right now. I'm already like feeling stressed out about this. But what I realized was God was saying this. He was saying, first of all, um, like, I laid down my life for you. I gave up everything for you. And yes, sometimes you're going to have to sacrifice or or it's going to cost you to follow me. But this promise he gave me was that it is going to be worth it to you. And that little promise that he gave me, I held on to and it helped me to pray, God, right now it doesn't feel worth it, but I'm asking you to grow my faith. I'm asking you to walk with me. I'm asking you to journey with me. And I'll be honest with you, sometimes God may not give us the whole answer or the whole story because he wants us to trust in him more than just the promise, more than just the word. But he's going to continue to lead you. And if I'm honest, that story is still being written today, that foster story from before. And I still don't know, but I can still, even today, when I get weary, I can hold on to this hope that God is still writing that story, he's still holding that child, and I'm going to believe it's worth it at the end of the day. God is going to speak to us and he's going to challenge us and he's going to grow us. All right, I'm going to fast forward one more time and I, um, I thank you guys for staying around a little bit, a little, going a little over today. But um, for those of you who may be like, okay, Carrie, I don't, I don't really know if I can like, hear God's voice like you are saying you hear from him. Um, maybe, maybe you're someone who's like, I, I know God speaks through scripture and that feels safe to me and that's okay. If that's you, I would say that's honestly a great place to start because I believe that God continues to speak through his word. It is alive and active, okay? 
And there is um, actually a book that I brought that um, this was transformative for me, Trevor Hudson, Discovering Our Spiritual Identity. And in this book, he, he has an experiment that he wanted us to try, me to try, and it was called A Beloved Charter. And so what he says is, um, basically he says, look up a few verses. Look up verses, he says, that are expressive for you of the way God values our lives the way God loves us. Write down those verses at random and then he suggests that you arrange those verses almost like you're writing a letter from God to you. Okay? Um, and I would challenge you if this is, if you're, again, like if you're not sure if you hear God's voice, maybe just try this. Pray, say, God, are there some verses that you could give me? Are there some verses I could write down? And then, and then like help me arrange them so that I know this is you speaking to me. And so I'm going to read to you. This is 2015. Um, this is probably the first time that I really started like journal praying and like trying to listen to God's voice this way. And this is what I heard with the verses. Carrie, do not think that I will exclude you from my people because I have predestined you for adoption. You are my daughter. I am your father. I have called you by name. You are mine, my special possession, and I love you. My love and my gifts are not dependent on you. While you were still and are still a sinner, I died for you. You can't boast about what you do because though you are not, I've called you as though you are. Keep in step with my spirit because in me you live and move and have your being. I created your inmost being. You are my handiwork, fully known by me, and I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you. I've prepared good works in advance for you to do. I want to awaken you by morning and instruct you to give you words for the weary. Do not fear because I will never abandon you. Do not strive because everything I have is yours already. Be still and know that I am God and remain in my love. Apart from me, you can do nothing. So there's at least 15 verses that are woven throughout that, that, that thing that I believe that God was using to speak to me. And that may sound crazy, but I felt like when I wrote that out, I felt like it really was this, this moment where God was using those scriptures to speak to me tangibly. Um, it reminds me actually of, um, many of you have read the prayer that Mary prays, the Magnificat. And she prays out, she pours out this prayer to God. And if you, if you recognize, I, I, um, there's a, a website that says that Mary probably makes reference to 35 Old Testament passages in that prayer. And in the same way, we can pray scripture and I believe we can also ask God to speak to us, to use scripture to speak to us. So maybe that resonates with you today. Maybe you say, okay, God, I want to try that. I'm just going to write out your words to me like a love letter. Become familiar with what God says Start reading his word because you're going to find life in it. And now I've gotten to the point where I'll just sit and journal and I'll say, God, what do you want? What do you want to say to me today? And I'll just sit and listen. And to be honest, there's still times where I'm like, I don't know if that's me or you know, God or Carrie. I'll put a little question mark and I'll just say, God, just show me. Is that you or not? And I, I let go of having to get it perfectly. Um, God has taught me over and over, over that God is, um, his, his prayer is not just for us to come to him and pray to him, but for us to hear him as well. So here's a couple tangible things you can try at home as we wrap up here. Um, there's another book I brought called um, Spiritual Disciplines Handbook by Adele Calhoun. She says this, there's a section on listening prayer. And she's, one, one thing you can do is kind of what we just talked about. You can use something called Lectio, um, I don't even know how to say it, Lectio Divina? Is that me saying that right? Um, it's a combination of scripture and meditation and prayer. And she says that you can read a short portion of scripture and listen for a word or phrase to light up. Sometimes you might read a scripture and that phrase lights up and you say, okay, God, let that set the agenda for your prayer with him. 
Or she says, maybe some of you are really into worship music. She says, you can listen to worship music. And she says, what captures your heart? Repeat the words to yourself. Hear Jesus speaking those words to you. Let the words rest inside you and quiet your heart. Um, so I want to do a kind of a holy experiment here as we, as we wrap up. Um, that I want us to just have that posture of saying, okay, God, like Samuel did, speak to me, Lord, for your servant is here listening. Um, and so we're going to take a moment where I actually, Sherry had this, um, I asked her what, a, well, I was like, what's a good prayer for us to pray as a, as a church um, to ask God? And she said, she said, why don't we just ask everyone to pray, God, show me something that you like about me, something that you love about me or like about me. And so in a second, I'm, I'm going to create a space. We're going to take just a minute and we're going to ask God that and we're just going to listen. And maybe God will put a, a word or a thought or a picture on your mind. Um, if you don't want to try this, I, I, then just consider this a minute for you to be at rest before you go back to the chaos of the rest of the world. Um, just sit and be in God's presence. That's fine too. And I, I want to, um, before, before we do this though, I really want to make one quick point. As I was researching for this message, um, I was on this website that talked about listening prayer, and I came across somebody who, who um, posted on someone else's blog, and they, they said, listen, I've tried for several years to listen to God's voice, but I can't, and I'm giving up now. And I, I just want to dispel something right now. Um, the enemy is going to want to get in, and if you're sitting here and you're like, I want, to, I want to hear from God, and so you try and you sit with him, and then you feel like you can't, there is nothing worse than trying to hear God's voice and then feeling like we're failing because the enemy wants to get in and say, you're doing something wrong. Well, everyone else is hearing. I guess, I guess you just can't. Well, maybe you're not really my child because you can't hear my voice, right? That is the enemy. That is a lie. Okay, and I want you to know that again, it may take time. And if, if nothing else, if you don't feel like you're hearing God's voice, God delights when we take time to be with Him. I remember when I was a teenager and I used to feel so guilty because I would want to pray at night before I went to bed and I would fall asleep almost every time I prayed. And I was beating myself up over it. And I had a friend, Aaron, who said to me, Carrie, don't you think that God just kind of loves that you fall asleep talking to Him? And, I, and like, I just want us to like switch our perspective that if you have this moment where you try to hear God's voice and you can't, don't let the shame come in. Just trust that it's, it's a journey and, um, and God is with you. Even if you can't hear him, he is close to you and he loves you dearly. So with that said, I'm gonna just say, if we can close our eyes, just tune out for a moment the craziness of life. And I'm just gonna ask God, really quick here. I'm just going to say, God, would you please, because you love us and you want to speak to us all and you know us by name, would you please show each of us today something that you like about us? God, I thank you that you're speaking. I thank you that through the years you've spoken through rainbows and donkeys and you've spoken through um, prophets and friends and children. 
Um, I thank you that you are the same God who spoke into existence and creation, and you're the same God who spoke love through, to us through your son Jesus on the cross. You're the God who made a way for us to approach you with freedom and confidence. I pray, God, that we would all, all of us here, would begin to treat walking with you and praying with you like a little holy experiment, that we begin to see the signs, the little, the little love notes that you're putting for us, the little reminders of your love, your love for us and your, your thoughts all around us. I thank you that you want a two-way relationship with us, that we can hear you, and I pray that you give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation, that we may know you better and learn to recognize your voice. As we leave today, God, um, I just pray blessings over each person here, um, and I thank you that you know us each by name. Amen.